This is episode 599 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Save the World by First Saving Yourself. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. I'm so just thrilled that you are joining me today on this episode. Hey, we have a really good one, a great article from Peak Prosperity today, and uh, just ready to get into it. Before I do that, I want to make a quick announcement. Now, if you're on the email list, I made this announcement maybe about a week and a half ago, and I just made the announcement on Prepper website. So uh, I'm making the announcement here on the podcast as well. I am ready to introduce a new website called PrepperWebsite.net. And so that is a place, and I'm very excited about this because that is a place where I'm going to be able to offer courses and different things, products that I have available that I've created that I can put in one central location. And so I'm really excited about that. It is live right now. Those of you that are on the email list, you might have already gone over there. Some of you have, uh, maybe you've already joined one of the email. Right now I have an email course that you can sign up for. I also have a quick food storage course um, that you can sign up for as well, and some other products that you can look at. Now, one of the products that I'm really excited about is the Prepper Website Bundle. Now, this is a collection of different things that I've worked on, little ebooks and things that I've done, audio books or audio, um, just audio MP3s and videos that I have done throughout uh, throughout the years that I have kind of bundled together. But the the main, the flagship resource in that bundle is something called a listserv. It's an email group. And so uh, I've made a little video. There is a video on there that kind of explains it all. But just very briefly, one of the things that I realized when I created the Prepper Website Forum is that so many people are used to, I mean, it was kind of a heavy lift to learn the forums, although some of us who are old school and who have been in forums before know how they work. And so it's not really hard to navigate, but there's a lot of people that don't. And a lot of people that got into the forums and it just, it's like, it wasn't something that, I guess it wasn't as easy as Facebook. Facebook has made it so easy with notifications and you get to join groups and pages and all these different kinds of things. And so I'm, I, I know that that was one of the things, you know, people were like, Todd, is there an app to make it really easy to get to the forums? Well, as I was trying, I'm like, look, there's got to be a way for preppers to connect uh, in a more meaningful way that's outside of the social media channels that are out there, right? Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those. I mean, I've, I've pretty much jumped off of those. I know there's a lot of people that have, uh, they're not really using them anymore. They just pop in and pop out. And so I, I realized, I was thinking back to the old days of the internet and remembered an e-group that I used to be a part of. And uh, e-group, e-groups were bought out. So, so some of you that remember this, you remember that e-groups were bought out by Yahoo groups. And you basically what it is, is, is you, it's all through run through email. So you, it's, it's like an email thread. So you send an email to the group 
and everybody gets that email, right? And so it's a way to communicate. Email is easy. It's not a heavy lift. Everybody has email. You got it on your phone. You got it on, you know, whatever, you, you know, tablet, laptop, desktop. It's really easy to access. And it's a way to get information, share information, stay connected. And I just thought it was a great idea. So I went ahead and started this up. The cool thing about it is that if you don't want to go through email or you don't want to receive you know, an email every time someone sends one out, you can do a digest version. And if you don't want to do a digest version, if you don't want to communicate through email, then there is a simple online one-page form website type deal that you can go to and everything is there. And so the uh, the link on, there's a web, there's a video on the Prepper Bundle that makes it just, I just lay it out for you and show you how it's done. I even show you video of my mobile phone and how easy it is to navigate if you want to do like the online web version and not necessarily do it through email. So I'm really excited about PrepperWebsite.net. I look forward to building some more courses and having some more products to offer over there. So if that's something that you might be interested in, I'd greatly love for you to click on the link. I'm going to put it in the show notes and you can go over to PrepperWebsite.net. Click on the, the bundle and you can go and watch the video that I've prepared and see if that uh, that group, that listserv, the Prepper Website email group is something that you want to be a part of. Again, this is not like an email group where you sign up and I send out email. This is one that everyone is attached to it. And so there is a purchase to the bundle, which means that not everybody... I mean, I'm not opening it up for spam bots and anything like that. So it is available for people that buy into that bundle. It's a one-time purchase and then you have the bundle or you have that access to the group as long as I pay for the hosting. That hosting resides on the same host that Prepper website resides on. So it's not on Facebook. It's not Yahoo. It's not anybody else. It's, It's on the host that runs Prepper website. And so I get to control that. And I'm not worried about anybody else doing any kind of shadow banning or not letting you see what you want to see. You know, what you put out there, you know, what the members of the group put out there, that's what the the group will see. So I'm really, really excited about that. So again, like I said, I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can go check that out. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from peakprosperity.com. And uh, Peak Prosperity is run by Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart. And I've been uh, a big fan of Chris Martinson for a long, long time. And Adam Taggart, you know, reading their articles and a big fan of what they're doing over there at Peak Prosperity. They do have a podcast as well. And so um, they always bring in, you know, guys that are more in the economic, financial aspect of it. But there's a lot of great stuff that you can learn from them. And uh, there's going to be a lot of links in this article. So this is one that you might want to go to. And uh, Chris, he references a crash course that he wrote. It's actually a series of videos that he put together years ago, but they're still really relevant. And I would, if you have not seen that, I haven't linked to them on Prepper website in a long, long time. But if you haven't seen that crash course, I would highly recommend it. There's a lot of just great information that you can gather from. He put a lot of work into it. And so I would definitely would suggest that you go take a look at those videos. But this article here is called Save the World by First Saving Yourself. And I think it's a great article. And I think it's very timely for where we are right now in the state of, and I would say America, but really the global aspect of what is going on. So let's go ahead and jump into this again. Save the World by First Saving Yourself. 
over at peakprosperity.com. So ripped from today's headlines, negative interest rates are coming and they are downright terrifying. That's from Yahoo Finance. Earth's lungs are burning. Amazon's rainforest, which contributes 20% of planet's oxygen, is on fire. What's in our water? Report warns of growing invisible crisis of pollution. That's at, over at The Guardian. And plants are going extinct up to 350 times faster than the historical norm. Now, from news reports like these, it's understandable to think that our future looks bleak. At this point, we can only write out the consequences as the system we depend on collapses and then ebbs away, exposing that the structure of our modern way of life is really just an edifice built of sand. That may be true, but not necessarily. I'm here with some good news today. There remains a multitude of options that each of us can and should do to prepare for what lies ahead. And in so doing, we can help to avert the worst of it as well. But only if enough of us try. Critical mass is key here. Yes, the world is busy collapsing around us, that's true. But collapse is a process, not an event. It can be ameliorated and even reversed depending on the actions we decide to take from here. And there's still time left to change our fate. Not much, mind you, but enough to matter. The good news is that more and more people are heeding the call and taking action. The bad news is that too many still aren't. And the worst news is that the many entrenched powers of the status quo are working against our future best interests as they desperately cling to old notions of advantage, wealth, and privilege. Privately, many of the wealthiest and most political powerful people are as worried as you and I about what's coming. I can tell you from my personal interactions with them that many of the elite are preparing for crisis, building resilient bug-out retreats and other safeguards. Now, our model at Peak Prosperity remains learn, decide, and act. It all begins with educating ourselves about the complex systems in play and the forces driving where developments are headed. From there, we ask that you trust yourself. This is especially important because as social creatures, we are more comfortable moving where the herd is already moving. But by its nature, the herd, that is the majority, is often behind the curve. It takes time for privately held but critically important information to become acknowledged and accepted by the herd, which is why so many of the masses become unsuspecting collateral damage when crisis hits. Since they aren't privy to the early warnings, which are usually only noticed and appreciated by a proactive minority, they are caught by surprise. And for many, even if they're made aware of privately held information, they still won't depart from the false comfort of the herd. This explains the mysterious bystander phenomenon where people fail to come to the aid of a victim in distress if they don't see other people reacting too. We all have the wired tendency to wait until others are moving before we move too. Take a crowded theater where a fire breaks out and smoke starts to billow in the space. A few people first take notice and begin to move to the exits, then a few more. But at some point, the idea of a fire becomes common knowledge when everyone believes everyone else agrees the theater is on fire. Then bedlam and chaos break out. As we wrote at length in this recent report, and then guys, there's another link there that you can click on. It is really important to understand the importance and power of the tipping point when previously privately held ideas suddenly become common knowledge. Because that's the moment where the status quo quickly morphs into something new, usually catching the herd completely flat-footed. As I launched our Crash Course video series back in 2008, I implored people to trust themselves 
on a whole host of economic and financial indicators that were flashing red. We're trained to trust authorities who sometimes don't have our best interest in mind and who sometimes are even more clueless than average and really have no good answers or even harmful ones. I wanted folks to look at the data and decide for themselves where the official narrative of there's nothing to worry about truly made sense. Just a few weeks after I published the final chapter of the series, the great financial crisis erupted and oil shot above $100 a barrel for the next several years. And the rest, as they say, is history. I wrote in 2009, quote, The key to navigating during moments when the dominant story is wrong is to consciously block out the programming that is constantly reinforcing the status quo and to examine each assertion made by authorities and by advertising and journalists and any and all experts, myself included, as though it was possibly a live hand grenade. While you may ultimately end up agreeing with the assertion or claim, your first instinct should be one of suspicion. Often my first clue that I need to do more research into a particular assertion is simply a gut feeling that something is not right here. Even when I cannot quite articulate why and maybe have almost zero hard data on the matter, I have learned to trust my instinct for when a story just doesn't add up. The principle can be applied to the Bernie Madoff swindle. Many investors have recently described that they had suspicions and concerns over the years about the steadiness of Bernie's investment returns, yet they kept their money with them. If they had simply trusted themselves and decided to move their money to an institution where they did not have these gut-level concerns, they'd be infinitely better in better shape right now. End quote. The benefit of trusting yourself and applying your private knowledge can be huge. The Bernie Madoff case illustrates this perfectly. Now, lots of people had their private concerns, but since nobody else seemed to notice or care, they did nothing. It was only once it all became common knowledge that the whole Madoff swindle broke into a shocking, wealth-destroying scandal. To avoid this fate, a key success strategy we can practice is to trust ourselves. Trust that our private knowledge is sufficient and be confident that eventually the common knowledge crowd will catch up to us. So what matters most is that we act in advance of crisis, especially when those around us aren't. What I mostly want you to do is to act on what you know, because it's time, because you already know just how screwed up the systems are, because you trust in the collective political and corporate leadership to act responsibly has eroded, because you just know, you know it in your gut. So once the ball gets rolling and more of the above concerns move from private to common knowledge, you should expect the pace of developments to speed up quickly. It's like how Hemingway answered the question, how did you go bankrupt? Gradually, then suddenly. So my question to you is, how many of these things are you holding right now as private knowledge? So the U.S. justice system is corrupt and favors the wealthy. U.S. financial markets are rigged and unfair. Our food system is by and large selling us toxic junk. Chemicals such as neonicotinoids are now fully tested before they, their development and are more harmful to our ecosystems than publicly admitted. Pharmaceutical companies often hide test results from the public that would reveal their drugs are less effective than advertised and have far riskier side effects. We should be a hell of a lot more concerned about the massive die-offs in animals, insects, and marine life. Weather patterns are becoming more extreme at a faster rate. 
Drought, heat, fires, hurricanes, and floods are happening with greater frequency and intensity than experienced in the past century, and the U.S. political and military systems are not concerned about human rights or democracy. Instead, the U.S. operates more as a modern version of the British Empire, whose redcoats mainly protected trade and other mercantile interests. I'll wager few, if any, of these feel untrue to you. I think part of the reason that such damaging revelations still remain as private knowledge is because moving them into common knowledge requires the destruction of closely held belief systems. It takes time, mental effort, and emotional strain to admit to ourselves that those in charge of society may actually not have our interest at heart. Again, nature has provided strong protections to maintain existing belief systems. Maybe it's just too hard or expensive to alter them. Whatever the reason, the more central the belief system, the more tightly we cling to it. Some of the most tightly held beliefs being faith in authority, a belief in the fundamental goodness of people, believing that your country is both moral and good, bedrock knowledge that the justice system is blind and fair, and a belief that nature will always bounce back. It's far easier to live day to day walking around believing the above are true a thousand times easier than giving them up. To lose faith in these beliefs means squinting at every package label of food, wondering what hidden toxins might be lurking within. It means questioning every news release. Take the recent coverage of the Epstein suicide. In quotes, because it has been reported that after allegedly leaning forward onto paper-thin bedding to strangle himself, multiple bones in his neck were broken, among which was the hyoid. Yeah, right. Got it. Mm, Wait, back up. Multiple bones? It means Googling your medical symptoms because you don't fully trust in the treatment plan and prescriptions your health insurer is willing to cover. I get it. All this work is definitely not as easy as trusting in the basic systems that govern and support our lives. But the biggest fallacy of them all, the biggest belief system that is increasingly under attack in both private and common knowledge, is the idea that perpetual exponential economic growth is good, let alone possible. Those like us at peak prosperity are unsettled with our private understanding that it isn't. The public is catching on, albeit very slow, while the keepers of the system remain busy deflecting attention and delaying the inevitable. But it won't matter. Eventually, the reality catches up. Private knowledge becomes common knowledge, and then everything changes very suddenly. All of which brings me to my conclusion. Think for yourself. Make up your own mind. Be secure in your ability to think for yourself and act now before things get materially worse and your options become much more limited. Which leads me to my model. I'd rather be a year early than a day late. You already know that it's time to prepare for whatever's coming. None of us knows exactly how and when it will manifest, but our spidey senses are tingling loudly at this point. We see the building tension in the mass yellow vest restiveness across France and in the millions of protesters in Hong Kong. It's the quickening breakdown of political goodwill between nations. It's the trade disputes. And it's every tweet and headline desperately floated out there to divert the public's attention from the problems we face. It's the sudden appearance of $16.5 trillion of negative yielding debt and the many companies that make no profit but are apparently worth tens of billions of dollars each, all of which signals it's time. Time to act before the system falls apart. Change is happening. Abrupt departures from the script are already occurring. 
which is why I implore you to see to your own provisions now and to take the necessary steps to align your personal actions with your private knowledge. Specifically, we have and continue to encourage folk to step one, make sure your wealth is safely managed by prudent professionals or is entirely out of the markets. Our endorsed financial advisor uses a variety of hedging techniques to manage risk on existing positions to both limit downside as well as generate some additional returns. Step two, have at least three months in physical cash on hand and out of the banking system for immediate access during an unexpected emergency. Beyond that, consider holding any remaining cash you have in the system inside the U.S. government's Treasury Direct program, where it will earn a higher return with greater safety versus being in a bank. Read our primer on how to use Treasury Direct. Step three, have a crisis stash of physical gold and silver stored somewhere safe where you can get to it yourself, possibly quickly. Read our free primer on how to purchase and store precious metals. Number four, get prepared. Be sure to have all the emergency basics safely stored and readily accessible food, water, personal protection, medical supplies, etc. This is smart preparation against any kind of unexpected crisis, be it a natural disaster, a painful economic downturn, social unrest, or something even worse. But it also gives you the peace of mind that will free you up for step number five. Step number five, be positioned to help those less prepared than you. Review our detailed What Should I Do guide, which is full of steps to take to get yourself well-prepared in advance for what's coming. The most likely outcome of all of this, probability-wise, is a grinding decline that causes people to lose jobs and hope. Your role, as one who is prepared in advance and hopefully still thriving, will be to offer as much support as you can to the masses who were caught unawares. And the above are just the absolute basics. We get into much more detail on the whole range of steps you can and should take to live with greater resilience in your life at the peakprosperity.com website and in our book, Prosper, How to Prepare for the Future and Create a World Worth Inheriting. You should start reading both. Now, these are all reflections of the ideas that the current way of doing things cannot last. It's no longer a good strategy to assume that they will. It really all boils down to this. To save the world, you first need to save yourself. But first, you have to trust yourself enough to act on your own. You must be the first among your friends and neighbors or one of the final early movers within your community who shakes the herd out of its complacency to bolt for the exits. So in part two, Becoming Tomorrow's Hero, we provide specific guidance on additional critical steps every one of us should take to bolster our and our community's ability to preserve through the challenging times ahead. So act now to get yourself safely and smartly positioned, inspire as many others as possible to follow your model, and perhaps together we just might be able to save the world. So click here to read part two of this report. It's a free executive summary and enrollment required for full access. All right, guys, just a great article there. And I do like the fact that it does. It's, it's a little scary that it, you know, talks about all these things that are going on and that, you know, it's inevitable at some point collapses happening, but it has that hope factor, right? And here's the thing. If you're listening to this, you are 99%, more likely 99% better off than most people because you start to understand 
the need to prepare. Now you might not have like a year's worth of food. You might not have maybe even six months or even a month's worth of food, but you're starting to make that mental shift that, you know what, preparedness makes sense, that I can't completely be responsible or let the government be responsible for me and my family. I can't depend on maybe other organizations out there that are going to come to my rescue. I need to be responsible for myself. I need to be responsible for my family. I, there are things that I need to do right now, not just sit back and, and just relax and, and believe that, you know, everything is great. It's rainbows and Skittles and all that kind of stuff that know that, you know, the world that we're living in right now is very, very fragile and it's time to do something about that. So again, if you're listening to this, if you go over to Prepper website, if you're reading preparedness articles and you are, you know, trying to do what you can to better prepare yourself, then you are better off than 99% of the people out there because there's a lot of people, I'm just letting you know, there's a lot of people out there that are still walking around in the fog, just, you know, looking for the next iPhone. They're waiting for the next, you know, big social media thing going on. And and that's where they're at. And man, there's, when we look around, things are kind of crazy, which makes sense to look at that, you know, responsible people, smart people, are going to be looking at that and saying, what the heck, you know, maybe I need to do something about this. Maybe I need to prepare, you know, being prepared, it just makes common sense. You know, there's one paragraph, a very small, actually two sentences, three sentences that I want to go back to and read. He says, all of which brings me to my conclusions. Think for yourself, make up your own mind, be secure in your ability to think for yourself and act now before things get materially worse and your options become much more limited. I love those couple of sentences right there. Act now before things get materially worse and your options become more limited. Right now, you know, I hear, I I read articles and I know people are talking about that in some places in the United States, the store shelves seem to be a little bit thinner than normal. But still, if you want food, if you want to go, if you go to the grocery store, you can find pretty much everything you want. If you wanted to stock up on canned goods, you can do that right now. Now, I know there's some places that, you know, like, for instance, in in Alaska, and I know of some people that live on islands, and sometimes when there is a shipment that is short or whatever that, you know, you can't. You, you you can't find everything on there. I'm not talking about that. I understand that that is mostly a shipping issue right there. But I'm talking about if you live in the United States, right? And, and you want to go to the grocery store and stock up, you can. It, it's very easy. Right now, you can just add a little bit at a time every time you go to the grocery store. And you know, again, if you are not... You don't know how to do that. Go take the the very, it's like an, you can get through it in an hour, the food storage course over at PrepperWebsite.net and it'll, it'll get you through the basics of what you need and get you started on that. But again, you realize that, you see that. And I think a lot of us have been looking at it for a long time, realizing things are not, things are not good and things completely, or things are continue to start to degrade, right? And at some point you're like, man, you know, how much longer can it go the way that it's limping along, you know? And, and that's, that's crazy. The other thing that I wanted to talk about very briefly here is I love the fact that he talks about prepare yourself so that you can help prepare others. 
I'm telling you, when I first started in preparedness, I was reading articles about people who are like, hey, this, you know, my four and no more. I'm going to prepare for my family. And if anybody else comes to my home, they're going to be met with, you know, firearms. They're going to be met with, you know, guns in their faces and, and all that kind of stuff. And I always like wanted to take that, take that to its ultimate end, right? So think about this just for a second. When you have your stockpile of food or whatever, and you decide to just circle the wagons and it's just you and, you know, the, the collapse happens or whatever happens and, you know, you put on your, your armor and you take out your AR-15s and, and you, you know, bar the doors and you put up your security fences and you do all that kind of stuff, right? And then what happens when you run out of food? What ha- eventually that's going to happen. Eventually, whatever food you have, even if you have stocks for a year, you have food stocks for two years, eventually you're going to need to get out and you're going to need somebody else's help. And so if it's just you and your family and that's it, man, that's that's a small little group and that group can easily be overcome. But if you start to think about how can I motivate other people to get prepared? How can I get my community involved? How can I get other people thinking about this? Then you have a whole, possibly a whole neighborhood that is working together for not only for protection, but also for providing that food, getting that food together. And not not to mention the skills and the knowledge that people have when they come on board and they bring all that. You know, even with all the stuff that I read all the time on, you know, on Prepper website to, to put up articles every single day and the skills that I have that I have practiced and the things that I I know that I can't do it all on my own. I know that I can't figure it all out. But I know that if I have a, you know people that, that you know two heads are better than one, three heads are better than two and you go on and on. And are there some issues that you have to deal with? Yeah, because whenever you put a bunch of people together there's going to be issues. Right? There's issues at work. There's issues at you know on the playground. There's issues, you know, wherever you go, right? There's always going to be that. But it's always better to be in that collective where you have, you know, more people to be able to work. You have m- more people to help defend. You have, you know, more knowledge that you can draw from. And how important would all those things, you know, come into play? in a, in a serious collapse you know when if if i'm at work and there's a, a collapse is happening right and and maybe it's just this gradual downturn but things start happening and and things are are, are going a little crazy you know, and maybe I have a neighbor who stays at home and they can keep an eye on my place while I'm at work or whatever. I mean, that would be greatly appreciated because I've made those connections and 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 neighbors are 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 so much more apt to help each other out when they know each other already. And so that's why I think it's so important. I've always said this that if we had and I'm just I'm going to throw the EMP solar flare thing out there but let's just say that one day I am here in the home and the EMP hits or a solar flare hits and wipes out all the electric grid I would not shut down my home and then just rally the wagons I would be out to 
uh, to gather up my neighborhood. And I would be going door to door to door saying, hey, look, in an hour or in two hours, meet over here at the park and let's all get together. Let's all, uh, you know, let's let's talk about what is happening here and get everybody on board. Guys, we have had a solar flare or an EMP or whatever it is, right? All the electricity is gone. It's never going to come back. Our world has completely changed and we need to start banning together. Now, you're going to have people who are all on board and like, yeah, Todd, we, we know what an EMP was. We just really didn't realize that something like that was possible, right? You're going to have people like, oh, you're full of it. You're crazy. The government's coming and the, the electricity will be up in a couple of hours, just like it always is. And they'll go back to their homes, right? Eventually, when they realize it's not, they'll come back and say, okay, hey, what's going on? But you begin to rally people. You begin to get people you know, together and you, you put a plan in place for your neighborhood to protect it to, um, you know, because if things really started going downhill, and I know I'm talking about the EMP here, like the big, the big one, but the same concept applies if even if you're in an economic downturn, maybe your neighborhood, maybe y'all have a newsletter, maybe you have uh, a clubhouse where people get together and you're able to start gathering people together. And, and uh, for instance, you know, we're going into, we're in hurricane season right now. And maybe, you know, when when there's a hurt and actually there's a hurricane, it hasn't entered the Gulf right now as I'm re, as I'm recording this. It, it's outside of it. But maybe you call people together and say, hey, guys, look, there's a hurricane coming. Uh, there's some things that we can prepare to be a little bit better. Right. And so, uh, you know, you have some food, have some water. Hey, I'm going to be on channel, blah, blah, blah here. And so if you need anything, maybe we can have this communication all the way through the neighborhood. If everybody is on channel, I don't know, six, then we can communicate about how flooding is going. And and if anybody needs anything, there's an emergency or whatever. And we can just kind of go from there. And I think that that would be a way to get, get people on your side. And, and if anything, people start to recognize who you are. But how awesome would it be to just gather some people together and say, hey, look, we're going to have a, a quick community neighborhood uh, meeting to, to be prepared for this hurricane. Because you know what? This this neighborhood where I live, I was hit bad with Harvey, right? And the whole area was hit bad with Harvey. And so I think people would they would, you know, their attention would be peaked and they would come to hear what's going on. So again, you make those contacts, you get, you got people that are like, Hey, all right, you know what? He's making sense. He's not this doomsday prepper, you know, whack job here. That's talking about going into his bunker. He's making a lot of sense of the things that you should have prepared and the things that maybe you didn't think about. Right. And, and, and I love that when I share a, a piece of information with someone and someone says, wow, Todd, I never thought about it like that. Or I never you know, realized that that is the case. And I love when they when they when they get that because they realize you know what Todd might be have a little bit of information here that I need to I, I need to ga- I gather from and so I'm going to listen to him and that's how it starts right if you come with the uh, the whole hey oh my gosh the you know the polar sh- shift is coming and it's going to flip and we're all going to burn up and we're all going to die you know that stuff people don't don't respond to but I think it's so important going back to what Chris said here in this article is to be prepared to help other people. That needs to be the shift in a lot of preppers' minds because I still, like I said, I still read people, I read articles and read comments about people as like, you know, that's it, I prepared for myself and and, and I'm not going to help anybody else. And I, and I understand, man, I understand that things are expensive out there. You're, you're talking about food, you're talking about your family, but 
you know, think about what you could do and what you can accomplish and, and how you can start to get other people on board in, in, in preparedness. But the thing is, is that when we look at what's going on again, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're going to prepper website, if you're, if you're involved in, in any kind of preparedness at all, you are better off than 99% of the people because you're already headed in that way, right? Some of y'all are really, really prepared. Others of you are kind of dabbling in it. Maybe you're listening to this podcast for the very, very first time. And, uh, you know, thank you for listening to it. But now your attention has been peaked and you realize we're not a bunch of whack jobs. We're people that understand what's going on. And I loved what he was saying here. Do these things cause any kind of pause in you when he was listing out those things, right? About the food that we're, that we are eating and, and the, and the government, you completely trust everything that's out there and, 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 you know, everything that he was listing. I mean, that makes sense. You start to say, wow, you know what? I, I'm I completely on board because I do have this gut feeling that things aren't right. I, I, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't ex- know exactly what's coming. I don't necessarily need to go buy a bunker and you know bury myself 50 feet into the ground. But I think I need to be a little bit better prepared for what might happen if there was a downturn, an economic downturn, if there was this or if there was that. You know, how would I manage that? Again, I'm, I'm taking care of myself and my family, and then I'm going beyond that. How can I help other people that are out there? And maybe it's just with knowledge. Maybe you help people just with the knowledge aspect of it. Maybe you do prepare a little bit of rice and beans to be able to give out. And you know, that's, that's easy. That's cheap right now. You can stock that up really easy in five gallon buckets with mylar bags. I mean, you know, gosh, what would that mean to someone who, who didn't have a lot and you were able to give them a pound of rice and a pound of beans, right? And, and you're able to help people out that way. So I love this. There is, you know, the world is crazy. I look at things. Sometimes it's really easy to start feeling like, oh my gosh, what in the world is going on? And you're just waiting for the hammers to drop. But I love that he talked about that there is hope that that a collapse, if a collapse happens, it is not, it's just an event. Because it happens and then you begin to build and you begin to move on. And those that are prepared and those that are ready are able to help their fellow man move past that and to get, you know, to to have that better life, to get on track a lot faster than people that are just sitting around waiting for the government to come and fix everything. So great article. Guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes. And there are a lot of links, a lot of other articles that you can bounce off of here for other great information. And again, I'm going to encourage you to go check out the crash course in, uh, you know, that that Chris was talking about here. It's uh, just a great a lot of great information for you to be able to know and to give you an understanding of where we are. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 599. Wow, I can't believe that next episode is going to be 600. That's crazy, right? So, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and you can click on any of the podcasts, you know, the big networks there, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, you know, all, all, they're all there. But if you have an app, you just go to the search function in your app and or in your podcast catcher and then type in 
Prepper website podcast, and we'll come up and you can subscribe. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness coming to you every week, you know, that helps you get better prepared in good times for emergencies when they come. So don't forget also to take a moment to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes where you can join the Prepper website email list. That is a big, one of my main ways where I connect with other people. And I'd love for you to be a part of that. And so with that, let me go ahead and end it and say, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.